Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Well, we are, I am, excited to be kicking off a new series this morning, and the series is called Your Grandparents Weren't Crazy. And you might be thinking, well, you didn't know my grandparents. <laughs> Maybe. And it sounds like a, like a mental health assessment, but that's not really what the series is about. The series is about faith. A large percentage of our grandparents were people of faith. Maybe not all, but certainly a large percentage of our grandparents were people of faith. The builders of our communities, the founding fathers and mothers of our country, the majority of them were people of faith. One of the questions I'm often asked by visitors to Graham and Ann is, why are there so many churches, right? And one reason is, 100 years ago, people weren't driving and, and, and traveling the way that they do today. And, uh, and 100 years ago, and even not that many years ago, each village was much more independent than they are, than they are now. And, but each of these churches on our island, there's about 400 of them, but each of those churches, uh, were, they were built for a reason. That church is there or was there for a reason. There was vision and faith and spiritual roots um, and sacrifice. Those churches were, were built for a reason. It wasn't because people were bored or they had money they just didn't know what to do with, right? They were built for a reason. They had a, those people had a deep, genuine, and passionate faith in God, in Jesus, in the Bible, and it was important, maybe the most important thing in their life, their, their faith in God. Were they wrong? Were they, were they misguided? Were they naive? We have to be careful, we have to be careful not to look back and project our bias onto our ancestors. In other words, we can't think, we got to be careful not to think that we are more illuminated to the truth and they were buried in the dark just because they lived then and you live now. Okay, so you got to be careful not, not to do that. It's possible that our technology and all that we have available to us is actually slowly pushing us into the dark and we don't even realize it. They were intelligent people and they had information available to them and life was harder for them in many ways. Resources were scarce, they faced intense hardships and yet they maintained their faith in God. Why? 
Were they crazy? There was a time when faith in God was real and important to a large percentage of people on our island. Pick a number, any number you want. I'm gonna, my number is going to be 40 years ago. You can pick, pick whatever number you want. I'm going to go 40. 40 years ago, more people were in church on Sunday morning than not. The percentage of people on Graham and Ann in church was greater than the percentage of people to go ahead and do the math up and down the island and how many people lived on the island and how many people were in church. Think about that. 40 years ago, most of the island kids went to Sunday school. Even if they were dropped off, right? Even if they, like, they rolled out of a moving car. <laughs> they went, right? Somebody picked them up. Somebody made sure we're going to get those kids to Sunday school. And the vast majority of the kids on this island went to Sunday school uh, maybe the grandparents took them, maybe a neighbor took them, but they were there. That was normal. There was a time when going to Sunday school was normal on Graham and Ann. Uh, up and down the island, there were classrooms filled with those felt boards, right? Little felt board Jesus out walking on the water. 40 years ago, all the kids on Graham and Ann got those stories. They were there. Um, how many of you went to Sunday school? Look, okay, there it is. Sunday school picnics and fun competitions. And you still remember who your Sunday school teachers were. One of mine is here, Vivian Fleet, right? Sunday school, St. John First Wesleyan. We, we had a lot of fun. And, and that stuff is ingrained in me. I will never forget it. You remember who your teachers were. And you got the stories of the Bible and the stories of Jesus down in your heart. Where? In See? Where else could you do things like this? You got it down in your heart. Friday uh, supper time, I sat with Thelma and, and uh, the family and Willis just a couple hours before he passed. And we were talking about how Willis had taught Sunday school for 50 years. And up and down this island, there are boys who went to his class, and they know it, and they got the word of God because there was a time when we went to Sunday school. It's just what you did. And we're not there now. We're here. And we could talk all day about the shifts in society and culture and what's, what's true for Canada and what's, what's happening in the church, but we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about Graham and Ann. Because the church on Graham and Ann has failed at least two generations. And we can't take all the blame, but we the church and myself, clergy, need to own a lot of it. Remember last week when I told you to bring your seatbelts? It was, it was for this right here. Scandals 
adultery, unfaithfulness, malpractice, nonsense, incompetence, judgmental, hypocritical, and lacking vision are a few words that could describe the church on Graham and Ann. We have failed at least two generations of young people on our island, and we're paying for it now. Church is not on people's radar. Many current grandparents on our island have walked away from the nonsense, and now their kids don't go, and their grandkids don't go, and we've shifted dramatically from an island that was built on faith to an island where faith is almost on the shelf in the museum. And we need to repent. And we need to ask God and others to forgive us. And it's critical that we do all that we can right now to help people on our island trust the church again. Because your grandparents weren't crazy. Faith is not dead. God is not dead. The church isn't dead. Okay, everybody breathe deep. There, we ripped that Band-Aid. Now, let's move on to a renewed hope and faith and vision for the future. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews for this series. And sometimes in the book of Hebrews, the, the, the writer reaches way back and points to ancestors of old. But sometimes the writer says, just look around. Sometimes the writer says, all you need to see and to have faith in God, you just, it's around you. You just need to look around. To see around us the many reasons that we have to have faith in God. Goodness, we live such a beautiful island. Do you know that people pay good money to come to our island just to see it? Like, it's, it's an attraction for them, and it's home for us. Just look around. There's so many reasons to believe in God. You build your faith three ways, uh, the writer in Hebrews shows us. Sometimes by looking back, sometimes by looking around, and sometimes by looking ahead. Your grandparents weren't crazy, and you're not crazy for believing in God. And what we hope for, as we just finished singing, is going to be reality. One more thing, and then we'll get to our text. If you're, we record these services, we, we post them on Facebook and other places, if you're watching this message from afar, or long after this was recorded, um, when I share this right now, we're just a few months away from opening a brand new church facility on Graham and Ann. And there are some parallels between the people who built the many beautiful churches up and down our island. There are some parallels between them and us. They were people of vision. They built those churches for a reason. They believed that God had called them to build that church for a reason. They sacrificed greatly. Are you seeing the parallels? This is yes. 
They sacrificed greatly. They believed that God had called them to build. They were probably ridiculed and mocked when they started to build that church 100 years ago. There were probably people who were saying, what are you doing? That doesn't, you don't need to be doing that. That's a waste of money. We already have enough churches, blah, 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 blah. Right? They, that's not new. Right? They would have heard all of that, and they persevered. So this series is, is kind of dual in its intent. It's for everyone on our island, inviting them to reconsider faith. And it's for us, the Lighthouse, those of you who are here right now, it's, a, it's also a, a looking forward to things that are to come. So our text is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32. where the writer says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Think about Sunday school. There it is. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule. What are you building that church for? And you were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. When all you owned was taken from you, listen to this, gang. You accepted it with, you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need right now. Right now. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. And then you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Verse 39, very important. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Now, if you're here this morning or watching this um, online and you have no faith in God at all, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. I'm really glad that you're joining us in this series. And if you have no faith in God, I invite you, you, you owe it to yourself to take a deep dive into how, how did we even get this book? Where did this come from? Why do people believe in this book? Go ahead and take a deep dive on that. Who are these people? And, and why have billions of people throughout the centuries believed in and followed this person named Jesus? These letters that we have that I just read from, they didn't just appear out of nowhere. There's very, very real uh, science and, and archaeology and history behind very real stuff. This is not a long time ago or, you know, this, this is not fabrication. There is science and textual criticism from very early manuscripts that support what we have here. 
These are actual writings from real people who either knew Jesus firsthand or they knew people who knew Jesus and, and saw him after the resurrection. Eyewitnesses. And there are many reasons why these texts were chosen. Out of, there were a lot of texts, but these particular ones were chosen and held together as the collection of the story that God wanted us to have. The very first people who chose to believe and follow Jesus at any cost, right, often their lives or everything that they owned, those very first people who followed Jesus, they carefully studied these things together and they agreed that, yes, these letters capture the story that God wanted us to have. And we have these letters today. They, they survived. They've existed. All of history's attempts to, to get rid of them. They survived because, and the church has been unstoppable through the ages, because these people had a genuine faith and a life-changing encounter with the resurrected Jesus. He was dead, and God rose him from the... Rose him. <laughs> rose him. And God raised him from the dead, and people saw him, and they touched him, and they knew him after the resurrection. And after that ex encounter, they said, go ahead, burn me, kill me, crucify me, take everything, go ahead, do whatever you want, I'm, I'm, I believe because it's, it's true and it's real, and that's why we still have these texts today. Those people weren't crazy. And if it could so easily be um, debunked or refuted, it would have been a long time ago. Like, if this was a joke, people would have figured out a long time ago, it's a joke and you're crazy but your grandparents weren't crazy. Now, faith, faith does not have all the answers. That's why it's called faith. Right? I can't stand here and say, listen to me, I have all the answers. None of, none of us have all the answers. We, we have faith. But science doesn't have all the answers either. And faith and science are not enemies. God is not afraid that science will one day disprove his existence. You can believe in both. There are many uh, of the world's greatest scientists, physicists, who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Many. You don't have to park your brain in order to believe in God. Uh, you don't have to surrender your intellect in order to believe in God. Your grandparents weren't, you should know this by now, crazy. We've been saying it lots. Your grandparents weren't, they weren't crazy. Verse 32 that we read, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Sunday school, felt bored Jesus. Never forget when you made your decision to follow Jesus, we, we use a lot of terms for following Jesus, but they all mean the same. When you gave your life to Jesus, when you invited Jesus into your heart, 
I call it, the term that I use is crossing that line of faith, whatever you call it, but when you made your decision, don't forget that. You know, memory, memory is a fascinating thing. I can't remember where I was yesterday, but my mind has the ability to, to flag certain highlights of my life that I will never forget. And the writer of Hebrews says, you know, don't ever forget when you first believed in, in Jesus as your Savior. I was 10 years old at a Christian hockey camp in Hampton, New Brunswick. I remember it well when I made my decision to follow Jesus. And I remember feeling like I was off the ground. Like I just, this is not everybody's experience. I'm not going to say, come to Jesus this morning and you'll be off the ground. But my experience was I just felt like I was floating. Like, like whatever weight a 10-year-old can have was gone. It was off of my scrawny little shoulders. And I love chatting with uh, those in our community and in our church who are more numerically experienced than I am. And I love hearing their stories, like, tell me, when did you accept Jesus? Where were you? Like, how did it happen? I want to hear those stories of faith. They're, they're important. Up at the um, nursing home, the Grammanian nursing home, where some of those, your family, my family, those dear people, some of them, uh, their memories are fading. We know this to be true. Let's just say it. Yes, it's true. And yet, start playing the piano and start singing those hymns of the faith and every word will come out of their mouths. Word by word by word, hymn after hymn after hymn, they are ingrained deep within them as valuable treasures. Your grandparents we're not crazy. Not a bad point to say amen, but I'll carry on. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews says, remember, think back, because when you made that decision to follow Jesus, you were not crazy. What you knew to be true at that moment and what you felt and the decisions that you made in that moment and the experience you had, it was all real. And you decided in that moment that there was no turning back. You surrendered all, just as I am, just as you were or was or whatever the English is, right? And if your grandparents were still alive, or if they are still alive, go and ask them about their faith story. Tell me, when did you meet Jesus? What was going on? Um, there were revival meetings on Graham and Ann when the churches were packed. I mean, packed, packed. People standing outside the windows because there were not seats. They couldn't get in. So they would stand outside the windows to listen to the, to the singing and the evangelist. Night after night, your ancestors would walk to the front of the church, often as couples hand in hand, and they would kneel at an altar of decision, and they made their humble decision to believe in and follow Jesus. Hundreds of those stories up and down our island. I have, um, I have big news this morning. You're hearing it here first. When we opened the new church, 
we're going to have, we're not going to call it this, but we're going to have Sunday school. Sunday mornings at 9.30, there will be... That's applause in the middle of a sermon. That's awesome. There will be um, groups and classes for people of all ages at 9.30. We're not going to call it Sunday school. You can call it that. We're not going to call it that. Um, there will be people, the kids will be there, and the adults will be there. There will be the aroma of wonderful coffee in the building. It's going to be glorious. Programs for kids and teens and multiple groups for adults. Some of the uh, adult groups will be Bible study and discipleship, and some of it will be completely topical. Just like, just meet in a corner of the, of the building with coffee and chat about, you know, there'll be topics. Um, because that's important too, to get people together. And the writer says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. And there are at least two generations on our island that cannot think back to when they first learned about Jesus. And we're going to change that. And we need to change that. And we cannot, we cannot just sit by and let the lights go out on Graham and Ann. We are the lighthouse. And it's time to shine. The second part of that verse says, remember how you or they remained faithful. And I want us to remember people who, people we knew who had an unshakable faith in Jesus Christ. Your parents or your grandparents, Jesus was their rock. Jesus was their anchor. And no matter what the storms of life threw at them, they would not be, they would not be moved. They were faithful. Jesus was not some part-time, iffy, break glass in case of emergency, when it's convenient, maybe somewhere down my list of priorities kind of thing-ish. Jesus was everything. Jesus was first in their lives, in their decisions, in their fishing, in their careers, in their marriage, in their family, in their finances. And I'm not saying they were perfect. We know they weren't perfect. I'm not saying that they were perfect, but they weren't crazy. What they had was real, and they knew Jesus, and they experienced Jesus the power of prayer was real in their lives. And even if they faced suffering, they remained faithful. Maybe, just maybe, the church hasn't been bold enough. Maybe part of our problem is the church got boring. Maybe we, 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 we stopped helping people see the adventure of following Jesus. And if following Jesus looks boring, guess whose fault that is? Go ahead and you just raise, you know. All y'all and me all. Right? In verse 33, the writer says that while these believers were being ridiculed and beaten, they, they helped others who were suffering the same things. I love it. Like, following Jesus is not boring. I want to go to a church that sees the needs of others and helps them get through life. It's right there in verse 33. 
Then he says in verse 34 that when everything you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. Think about this. Think about this. If this afternoon, because you were here this morning, if this afternoon you are evicted from your house and everything you own is confiscated and you are incarcerated for believing that Jesus is the Son of God and you couldn't be happier. This is the kind of faith that many of your grandparents had. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Stuff meant very little to them. Everything was temporary in light of eternity. And that's, that's a bold, exciting kind of, kind of faith. No wonder they went to church every time the doors were open. They were sold out to Jesus. Where else would you go? Well, you wouldn't stay home. You wouldn't go wherever. Like we're, we're, if the doors are open, we're going to church. Why? Because he's the king. Because he's Lord. Verse 39. We're jumping down to 39. But we are not like those who turn away. Your version of scripture might say shrink back instead of turn away. This, this 39 could be the theme verse for this series. We know this to be true. Come on. If your grandparents were here right now, they would tell you not to turn back. They would tell you not to shrink back. They would tell you to do whatever you can do to help every person on this island know and believe and follow and love Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus. And we are the remnant who will not give up. We want to see a rising tide of transformed lives for Jesus on Graham and Ann. We believe that God isn't finished. What, what once was can happen again. And if you are watching this, this week or next week, uh, if someone begs you to watch this, if you're on Graham and Ann and one of your friends or relatives, somebody reaches out to you and says, would you, would you please, for me, would you just watch this? If you're watching this right now, I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit of God will rekindle your faith. If you gave up on church and walked away, even if you said, I will never, ever, ever go back, I, I just ask you to, to pray about it. That's all. Would you, just, would you just pray about it? Listen to the Holy Spirit, because together we can, we can turn things around. We can see God do great things on our island, but, but we've got to come back. And I hope that you can trust the church again. The church has been God's plan since the very first believers began to meet after the resurrection, since those very first groups said, let's get together and let, let's read the scriptures and let's, let's, let's just pray together and talk about these things. And in this church, this idea of, of being together for worship, it's still God's plan. In spite of all of our failures, the way we've let people down, our mishandling, and I just want to say again, I am sorry if the church has disappointed you or let you down. But your grandparents were not crazy. It's not crazy to believe in God.
Open your heart and your mind this week and see how God can just show you again his love and who he is. Let's pray together.